Hello and welcome back to the In Squash Podcast. This is episode 220. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and today we have Holly Naughton on uh, the podcast. This is her third appearance, and she is the fourth member of the Canadian men's and women's squash teams for the Commonwealth Games to appear on the podcast in the recent months, uh, the last uh, at least month and a half. Uh, we had on David Bayard-Jean, Nick Sackfee, Nicole Bunyan most recently, and our three-time Canadian national champion, Holly Holly Naughton joins us. It's her first appearance in the Commonwealth Games. She was disappointed and talks about this on the podcast at, at not having been chosen in 2018, but uh, she's definitely the number one player in Canada right now, and she'll be representing us in the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham in a few weeks. We talk about the games, uh, her doubles pairing with uh, Big Nick Sackby. That should be exciting. Uh, her third uh, national title victory there in Vancouver and what it was like to play on the uh, the power court uh, that uh, sounded or looked like it was a very exciting experience with uh, the rain delays and whatnot. Uh, we talk about her time spent in Pontefract, which uh, uh, she spends uh, I think a lot of her time there doing her training and uh, the years where she got you know she got to know uh, Malcolm Wilstrip uh, f- uh, very well and what that experience was like. The late great Malcolm Wilstrip, who uh, was synonymous with the Pontefract squash, and now it's being run by James. Uh, Willstrup and his wife Vanessa amongst others but uh, she's there working on her game and uh, she talks about uh, how her game was has developed and the impact and influence uh, Malcolm had on her over the years and we talk a fair bit about uh, her 2021-2022 season. Uh, she finished ranked 20 in the world and uh, as we all know if we're watching uh, Pro Squash uh, the women's game is extremely competitive right now and especially from 40 up through 10 I mean all of those uh, all of those girls are challenging each other and extremely competitive so there's no no easy matches uh, even in the first rounds of events and uh, Holly uh, admittedly she was disappointed I guess with her showing in 2021-2022 she expected more of herself and she explains why on the podcast today so really enjoyed this chat with Holly her third appearance on the podcast and after being named to the Commonwealth Games team I can't think of a better occasion to have her back on so Holly Naughton here today on episode 220. Can you hear me? Hi Holly how are you? Good how are you? How are you? Uh, Everything good? Yeah everything's great. Right and early there in, uh, are you in Toronto, Ontario, or? Uh... I am. I just got back to Toronto yesterday. Okay. Yesterday? Two days ago. Yeah. Two days ago. Yeah. Time's just flying by. It is. It is. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is your, by the way, in case you've forgotten, this is your third, uh, third appearance on, on the podcast. Uh, oh, Episode, I thought it was seconds. So. <laughs> episode 44, episode 103, and now this will be uh, 200. You'll be 220, I believe. Ooh. Nice round number. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for doing this, uh, Holly. I know you, you've been pretty busy. Uh, you just got back from Cornell, uh, I guess. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was down at Cornell doing a bit of training and helping with the squash camps down there. Yeah. How, how was that? Uh, I guess it's something you've been doing. Uh, I mean, you went to Cornell, played for them. So I guess for a few years you've been uh, doing those. No, camps? so I never went to Cornell. I. Uh, oh, okay. I thought you did. No, Danielle. I, I, I got to talk to my research team. What are they doing? 
<laughs> no, I, uh, Danielle went to Cornell, um, yeah. but I, I never went to school. I just went straight pro. Um, yeah, but yeah. I've been going down to Cornell since David took the job there. So I've oh, been, that's right. um, you, you worked with David, right? Uh, a bit. Yeah. 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 Okay. So. That's the connection there. So, so how long have you been, uh, doing the, the camps there? Uh, I guess for the last five years since he took the job, I think he did camps, I think, either four or five years. Um, I've been going down there and helping him with them. How, how are they, like the, the, the people, the, the students? I guess they're younger, the, maybe juniors or... Um, yeah, they're, they're, so they're, they're all juniors. So it's mm-hmm. um, about from about 10 to 16, 17 yeah. is the range. Um, so it, it is quite a big range. There's quite a few different levels in there normally. Um, but it's great. It's good. It's good fun. Hard week uh, living in dorms with them. So it's uh, oh, yeah. no yeah. switch, no switch off, but uh, it's, it's nice. I think the kids enjoy it and um, it's a tough week for them. I'd say I've done a few different camps and uh, I'd say that David's is probably up there with one of the toughest um, from a physical standpoint. Um, I mean, he gets the kids running the stadiums like his team would and uh, it's, it's tough. (laughs) Yeah. He has the nickname, the the Marine for a good reason, I think. Exactly. (laughs) That must've been, must've been good for you uh, to be down there too. I guess you, you combined it a a bit with your own uh, preparations for the, uh, for what's coming up. Yeah, definitely. So I was very lucky. Sarav Gosal was down there as well. So um, we were we had sessions every day with David and him, um, which I mean can't get much better than that. So oh, no. it was it was tough after we were doing them after the camp had well after their squash session had finished. So it was a long day to try and up yourself and keep motivated, but. Um, I guess that's what it'll probably be like at the Com Games, long days and having to push yourself at the very end. So it's yeah. a, a good way to pre- prepare. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I guess, you know, the season, it was a really long season, wasn't it? I mean, uh, it just seemed when, when you finished uh, PSA, then you had uh, uh, Nationals and then it just never seems to end. Uh, you've got the Commonwealth Games coming up, but congratulations on uh, being chosen uh, for the team, obviously uh, winning the national championship as well uh, for the third time this year. So let, let, let's talk about that first um, national championships, your third win. Obviously, uh, Danielle uh, uh, had an unfortunate uh, uh, injury there and she couldn't quite quite uh, get to the final, but Nicole did. Uh, but how did it feel to, uh, to win that one uh, uh, in Vancouver at uh, that incredible uh, setting they had set up there? Yeah, I think, you know, nationals is always a funny one. I think um, anyone that has, play, has played a nationals know there's, knows there's a lot of extra pressure. Um, I think it always seems to feel way higher stress situation than PSA events for whatever oh, reason. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I thought it was just me for a little bit, but I think the more people I talk to, um, the more have had the same experience. I mean, I was speaking to JP, he was there commentating and he, he said he'd try and do anything to get out of nationals because it was just <laughs> one of those situations. So, yeah. um, 
I think for someone like that to say that is, uh, it just shows that, you know, it, it really is, you know, there's a lot of expectation. Um, like you said, Danielle got injured in the semis and hoping she recovers quickly. But, you know, in my head, I kind of had that as the last match, like on paper, that's what, what should have been. So it, it was tough, you know, when I mean, you've got in your head, you're prepared for one match and then last minute you're finding out, oh no, actually it's not. It's uh, Nicole, which was fantastic for her, her first national finals and in Vancouver, which is her home, well, Victoria, but close to her home. And um, it, it definitely changed. It was like a, a definitely an extra layer of pressure going into that match um, mm. that I had thought I had prepared for a different pressure. And now it's like, oh, you're, you're really expected to win this. And yeah, she's yeah, got yeah. All, her, all her family and all of the squash community out there that she's grown up in. So it was, uh, I was very happy to win in three and very happy um, to get my third title. Oh, for sure. And uh, yeah, you've had to deal with that uh, a couple of nationals uh, ago as well in Calgary, didn't you? You had to play uh, uh, Danielle in front of the, uh, the raucous uh, Calgary uh, faithful fans. Yes. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's always always a tough one. Nationals, I think you just yeah. it's it's added. It's uh, the expectation you put on yourself, the wanting to prove yourself to to the Canadian squash community. Um, yeah, well, I guess I guess everyone says like you know the, the talk. I had Joel Macon. I was talking to him, and he was just saying how important for him uh, when, you know, playing the, uh, the British nationals was uh, just such a, a big event and such a, an important one for him, maybe perhaps the most important on the calendar, but David uh, Bayarjan also said he felt a, uh, like a real, it was like relief that it was over. Yeah. I, I got to say it was the exact same feeling every year, you yeah. know, win or lose in that final. It's like a, oh, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, the Commonwealth Games are coming up, and congrats on uh, on making the team. Uh, obviously, it was a no-brainer that you would have been on the team, but it kind of isn't, you know, because uh, I guess in 2018, two they only chose two people, no no men, uh, uh, which is kind of strange too. So I didn't realize it was like that, but they're they're very sort of uh, I guess it has to do with money and it has to do with other other issues as well but you they don't send a full complement uh, of players like you might think so so you must think, be happy uh, to, to have made the team this time around yeah very happy I mean I was gutted um in the last one not to go um I think the Commonwealth Games has been a focus of mine for many years now that's kind of been the goal to to compete and hopefully win a medal so you know, the last one definitely hurt. So I, I used the last four years to try and do everything to make sure that I would go this time. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm very, very excited to compete. Um, I think it's, it's the kind of biggest event, really. It's the mini mm -hmm. Olympics for us. So um, being there and competing, I can't, I cannot wait to get there. So um, I'm very, very excited for that. Yeah, I, was, uh, I had De uh, Nick uh, Sackfee on uh, on Canada Day uh, for a nice episode here, and he uh, he was saying how excited he is to have you as his uh, doubles partner. 
Yeah, um, uh, it's, it'll be good fun. I'm glad we managed to get a bit of practice in um, at the World Doubles. That was the first time we'd ever played together. So um, okay. I think it's good to have that behind a little bit of kind of get the cobwebs out, figure out how to play um, and and then hopefully only improve for, for the games. I think we got a few days before heading into into camp um, to get some practice in. So that'll be great. Um, and then, yeah, see what happens. <laughs> I reckon, I mean, he'd be a great partner to have because he's such a, he's such a high energy kind of guy. And I think if you guys generate any momentum, he's the kind of guy who would really sort of feed off of that. And that, that might sort of bleed over uh, into you, obviously being his, uh, being his partner. Yeah, definitely. He, um, He's such a great athlete. He's got great racket skills as well. So it's just if we both can pull that together and use all both of our strengths and anything can happen. It's doubles. I think it, yeah. there's no rhyme or reason to anything that goes on on that court. So it's he was, uh, he was saying how excited, uh, you know, the fact that you're you're left handed as well. So it's going to be, uh, you know, two two forehands uh, going at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Got to, got to try and use that as an advantage for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But on the women's side, I guess, obviously you, you want to, you're going to be contending uh, for a medal there as well. It's very uh, competitive draw, but no, you know, there's no one there. I don't think that uh, you can't beat. So how, how do you feel uh, heading in uh, into that event? I mean, you've got, uh, you know, obviously you've got Tessney, Gina, uh, SJ, uh, some other girls that are going to be competitive. All of them decided I think it was SJ and Gina. Yeah, they all didn't play uh, in the British Nationals. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess they had the World Tour Finals. And like you said, it's been a very, very long season um, with not much break. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people's bodies are starting to break down a little bit. Um, yeah. So I think it's just trying to look after look after themselves and, and really, you know, prepared, prepare for the World Tour Finals. Um, and then also have a bit of that break to make sure that everything's okay for when the com games comes around. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they have their reasons for not competing in it. Um, and I'm sure it's just a matter of looking after themselves and making sure they're in the best, best state for the next couple months. I mean, it's, there's really not much yeah. break until after the com games, and then there's not much break then either. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a really uh, hectic uh, schedule. You must have felt that. I mean, you played in most all of the events, and they just seemed to they just seemed to come one after the other after the other. It just went on and on. But it was a great it was it was great for the the squash enthusiasts. That's for sure. But I, I think for the in the women's the women's event in particular, it's very. I think it's really up in the air as to who who could end up with the medals here. You must be excited about the prospect of uh, having the opportunity to com to really uh, really compete for one of those medals. Yeah, I'm. Uh, like I said, I, I the goal is to to pick up a medal, and uh, I think it's so competitive. I really think on any given day, if any of a, there's probably about twelve girls that could potentially win it on any given day um, if they're performing to their best. So I think it, it, it will make for a really exciting and interesting individual draw for sure. I think it's, like I said, there's so many of us that are so close and 
if we all perform to our best abilities, I think it'll, it's a, it's a little open and it's what we want. I mean, you want a competitive draw. You want to make it feel worthwhile winning as well. Like if you're going in and there's one person that's so above everyone else, then it's not really an exciting time. Whereas I think it's really an open field. It, it's um, whoever can perform under the pressure and, and keep it together. Yeah. Well, you've had lots of, uh, you know, your PSA season this year was pretty good. I mean, you, you, you're still there. I think you're 20 in the world now. Your highest was 16. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're still in there, thereabouts, but I'd say between 10 and 30, it's a log jam. Like it just seems like anyone can win on any given day. It just seems like it's so, so competitive right now. And even in the top, uh, above that. It's another level of very, very competitive squash. So uh, just in terms of your season, obviously you had some good wins and uh, you had some matches. I think you played Noran a couple of times and, and uh, they were close. I mean, the games were all relatively close against her. Maybe she finds it tricky uh, playing a left-handed player, but you also play at pace, which, uh, which she does so that she might not be used to that uh, coming back at her as well, but just overall in terms of your season, how did you feel uh, it went? Um, being asked this a couple of times, uh, I actually was quite disappointed in this season. Um, I, I definitely felt like I um, didn't achieve what I had set out to achieve. I, I think I got in my way a little bit from the mental side of things. Um, felt a bit stuck um but I think it's squash you have ups and downs I think it's just part of it it's trying to ride those waves and make them make the downs as short as you can um I definitely felt like the end of the season I started to feel like I was getting into my mojo a little bit (laughs) um and, and and felt like I was starting to turn things around which I think like I said, coming leading into Com Games, it's a positive. <laughs> um, at least I felt like it was turning. Um, but yeah, I, I think, like you said, I had some tough draws. I think the season before was good because I was having three matches before I was playing the top girls, and then I got to top sixteen and we're having was having buys, but then getting Nora. Like you said, I had think I had Nora three times or four times. Mm. Um, I had. Hanya once or twice and so it's just like you're not getting those lead up matches and then you're getting thrown in against the best in the world and you're losing um and and then so it's like one match and done where I was getting the match practice the season before and having three matches having two or three wins and before I got knocked out where I think that helps build the confidence and you 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 learn how to win. You learn how to win on the bad days. Um, and I feel like I just lost a bit of that. I'd lost my way of being able to turn things around um, from having that match practice against people that were ranked close to my level and um, or just above. So I think, you know, I tried to play a, f- a few smaller tournaments where I could try and get a, f- a string of matches together. And I think it definitely helped with the mental side, just getting a bit of confidence back and, and, and learning how to win again, really. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I, I kind of tend to agree with you. Obviously, you, you, you were a little bit disappointed. You, you got to 16, fell back to 20. But at the same time, uh, like you said, you're getting, getting, into the, getting into the main draw of the big events. 
and right away you're up against either you know one of the top top players or someone at your your level and it's going to be you know a, a real uh, challenge right from the get-go unlike before so yeah uh, I guess you just got to find a way uh, to move forward uh, uh, based on you know given given the circumstances exactly um, I think like you like I said I feel like I've started started to do that so um, it's just I think packaging it up and realizing there's always going to be peaks and troughs in in this game you can't it's not never yeah. a straight line up it's always going to drop off and um, I've got to just take confidence that every time I felt like I've had a drop I've always come back up higher than I was before so just hoping to to use that as the momentum to keep going yeah uh, I mean, the women's game for me is very, very intriguing uh, these days. You, like I mentioned, just so many players fighting for for the top spot and even below 10. It's a, it's a log jam, but it's so competitive. Uh, now, I just want to get I mean, you're you're an intense player. I love watching you play. You, you get you you get fired up on the court. Uh, the In the last event, uh, the, the Norhan, the Gohar uh, and Hamami match where, you know, the the. the she got hit with the ball that incident. Just before I, I ask you this, I, I, I think this is absolutely incredible. Like 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 the two of them, the, the rivalry between the two of them. I'm looking forward to the next one, right? When they play again. Yeah. It's gonna, I mean, yeah. obviously no love lost and and that's and it's exciting. Unfortunate what happened there on, on during that match. And I think a lot of a lot went into what ha- you know, she hit her with the ball. And then later, what happened after that? But uh, just wanted to get your your opinion on that that situation, how it played out, and everything. So I actually haven't watched the whole match. I've obviously seen the clip of the drill. Yeah, yeah. You've seen, seen her cast. <laughs> as, I, as, as I think most people have. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's uh, it isn't the best situation, but it's. I think in any sport, you've got to create buzz and and the rivalry they have. I think, like you said, you can't wait to watch the next one. Absolutely. So it's, it's something that I think it has to be there. That's what makes the game exciting. That's what's going to draw people in. No, obviously, I'm not advocating for people to be hit with the ball, but, no. um, but, uh, you what, know, led, what led up to that? I mean, uh, the uh, what's uh, Hamami was like. She she got so intense, like she she was screaming after winning a point. It was it almost looked like she was looking at Gohar when she was scream when she was uh, screaming. I'm sure she was. I'm sure she yeah. was. I mean, Hanya's an intense, fiery competitor, and uh, mm. Gohar's also very intense. So <laughs> you've got two very intense want to win personalities that are going to go at it, and I think. It makes it interesting. Um, I have no idea. I can't speak whether they like each other or don't, but I think it's both of their determination and their goal to get to the top is is what fires that. And I mean, the the drilling um, from what I've, like I said, I didn't watch the whole match yet, but I think uh, I've heard multiple things. I've heard, you know, she hit the wide cross court a few times, ha- Gohar called the let a couple times and only got a let. I think that's maybe something that we've got to look at is why isn't it a stroke? Um, you know, she hits it like she did on the last one. Um, 
and then she gets a point. I mean, could could it have been prevented if the ref had said, warning, you know, you got to move over and give her a line to the front wall? Maybe. Yeah. Um, I think you know, the way Gohar reacted and walked off court right away without saying anything, maybe that's not the best, but, but, you know, you're in the height of, you're in the height of competition and, mm-hmm. and you're wanting to win. I, I can't say that, you know, if I, if that was me on there, maybe I would have turned and said, sorry, but like, move <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but but you can't I think you can't really judge you don't know what's going on in there um when yeah. you're in that court there's a lot of emotions and so I, mean, I, I yeah. did watch the match I, and I'm sorry I, mean, I don't think she did it intentionally but uh there was a lot going on there there's a lot of uh sort of sort of emotion on the court from both players and it didn't not that it uh, didn't surprise me, but it was just one of those things that I think was a byproduct of uh, what happened, what was going on during the match. It was inc- incredibly intense and very entertaining. Uh, uh, so great. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and and look, like I said, looking forward to the next one. But uh, now let's get let's get back to you, uh, Holly. Um, now, last time we were on, I think it was like before, just uh, maybe a few months or a year six months before uh, Malcolm Wilstrip had passed, uh, passed away. And I know you've, uh, you spend uh, quite a bit of time in Pontefract. So just uh, if you don't mind, and I, I don't know uh, how well or how much time you spent with, with Malcolm, uh, you know, over the years, but, you know, speak, uh, if you don't mind, speak to you, what you uh, remember about Malcolm and maybe if you've met him, um, sort of any, anything that you can, any stories that you, uh, you can share with us. Yeah, so um, I was, yeah, I was, I've been basing myself um, in Pontefract quite a bit over, especially over COVID. I was there the whole time um, over the last few years before. um, I would say I was spending probably a little over 60% of my time there. Um, So I've known Malcolm very, very well. I also have been going to Pontefract every summer since I was about 14 years old to train. Okay. Um, so yeah, I've been, been in Ponte for a long, long time. Um, and experienced the good, bad <laughs> of Malcolm yeah, yeah. being shouted at a couple of times. I think everyone <laughs> yeah, yeah. has, um, but also had, you know, so much encouragement and um, got so much wisdom from him. Mm. as well as a, from on the squash side of things. So I, I feel very lucky that I managed to be there. Um, I was there for the funeral and, uh, and everything, which was yeah. fantastic. It was uh, uh, the amount of people that came out. Um, it was absolutely insane. Um, yeah. It just shows that he had such a big impact on, on the squash community Um from every level, from beginner juniors to the school kids to older members that he used to run the sessions for. So his outreach was was incredible. Um, and, you know, he, his philosophy was very different to any other coach I've ever, ever been to. I mean, he stood up on the balcony and yelled down while you were playing little things um, that it was... 
I always found it was very complementary to, you know, I was working with David and we'd work on more of the specifics, but then the way Malcolm coached, I always felt was very match-like, you know, because you were playing a rally and a loose ball would come up and he'd just yell down, hold. (laughs) And you you get that in your head, right? You you see that still to this day. Now loose ball comes around and I just have his voice in my head, like hold or put it away or whatever it is. But (laughs) um, it was such match-like situations where you're thinking in the moment because someone's yelling at you, you have to react right away, um, which I always found was very complimentary to having, you know, that and the straight hitting. I mean, we did so much straight hitting with him um, that you just feel so comfortable going up and down the walls. And yeah. I think if you look at any of the Pontefract players, they usually hit a pretty good straight ball. Um, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. No one hits so yeah, it no- better than uh, Mr. James. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just look how well he hits the ball. <laughs> that's the Pontefract way. Yeah, that, that yeah, that's amazing. I mean, uh, I can just imagine, you know, him being up there and whatever he would say hold or space or something like that. Uh that that would resonate with you and you just keep, you know, it's just there every time you're in the, those types of situations. Yeah. On court. Definitely. But uh now you're there uh, or you still spend some time there uh, now, do you? Yep, yep. So I am. I'm heading back to Ponty on Thursday um, for the last few weeks of training before the Com Games. So what's the vibe like? Uh, you know, without Malcolm, I guess obviously you've got James and, uh, and a few other. I guess Patrick Rooney's there uh, as yeah, well. So yeah. What's the vibe like uh, without Malcolm? Uh, Pretty much the same uh, business as usual. Uh, Malcolm's still, still there up in the balcony? Yeah, things have changed a little bit. Um, the sessions are still running. We have pro sessions three times a week. Um, James and Vanessa are running them. Uh, so it's it's great. Um, things, I think it was always going to change. No one was ever going to come in and, and coach the same way as Malcolm did. Be mm-hmm. there, you know, six days a week, 10.30 in the morning for the, for the pros and five or four o'clock in the afternoon every day. It's just, it just was never going to be like that. And I think if anyone thought it was going to be like that, then they're kind of living in a unrealistic world. But um, there's, there's Jane and James and Vanessa that are all, all pitching in and doing the sessions and it's a bit more structured now, Um, but it's still running. And uh, I think it's still, still got the Pontefract way. They're still incorporating, you know, the Malcolm drills and, and have it trying to, you know, enforce the Malcolm way, the respect, the um, behavior on court. Mm. It's obviously, you know, going to be a bit different because it's not Malcolm, but I think the club is still there. There's lots of juniors down. We've got the school kids coming in still. Um, so it's, yeah, business, business as usual, just in a slightly different way. <laughs> yeah, No, the Malcolm way is definitely uh, awesome. I, I, I just feel sometimes, especially on the men's side, you get a lot of really, really aggressive uh, argue, arguments with the officials. It, it, it becomes almost 
kind of cringeworthy uh, in a way. But uh, I mean, with with the with the Malcolm approach, I mean, you just watch James or even even Patrick or yourself, even um, when you have an issue with the officials, uh, you just kind of okay, whatever. Uh, you might say one or two words and then you move on with it. But uh, that's the Malcolm way. Uh, otherwise, he'd uh, he'd give you hiding, right? <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. As, as, as yeah i mean james and pat they are the the definition of the malcolm way they don't don't say say too much i say i think i'm i've been in trouble a few times for lipping a bit too much so. yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you, might have, you might have been one of the more lippy lippier uh, in in the camp right <laughs> definitely uh, yeah. that's all right that's there's Maybe some, that's because I didn't grow up there. So we'll, yeah, you, we'll, have a, you have a good excuse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's not from around here. We'll give her a break. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, I yeah. I uh, was talking, as I mentioned, uh, Nick was on uh, on Canada Day and he was talking about, uh, like, as you know, he does things a bit differently. Uh, he does all his training uh, there in, in Niagara. And uh, obviously, you spend a bit of time in Canada as well. Uh, so I'm just wondering, uh, uh, you know, you've got all the you've got plenty of good training partners and playing partners, hitting partners when you're in Pontefract. But uh, when you spend time in Canada, uh, how do you approach things there? And how is it how different is it uh, for you? if you're training in Canada as it would uh, compare to uh, uh, Pontefract? Um, it's, it's difficult. I find it um, a lot harder to make sure that I get everything in that I need. I'd say when I'm back in Canada, I definitely do a lot more physical stuff and a lot more mm. like solo and ghosting on my own um, just because there's not that many players and I find – if I find the players, it's such a drive to get, I'm just outside of the city. So the traffic's so bad. I'm spending more time in the car than I am on the court, um, which is also not ideal for the body. So um, it's definitely a bit of a struggle. I am lucky this week um, in the summers, um, they arrange group sessions up at one of the clubs. Um, so those are Tuesday, Tuesday to Friday or Tuesday to Thursday every week. Um, so I've got those this week, which will the top juniors will be there. And um, a few of the pros, I think Mike McHugh and Nikki Todd will probably be there. And, and like I said, the, the better juniors that are, are just turned 20, 19, 20 year olds that are, will be there. So um that's guaranteed a good session. So I'm lucky the summers are definitely easier because the university kids come back. So I, I, I do a bit of training with them. Um, but in, in regular season times, it's, um, consists of a lot of traveling around to try and find it. You probably uh, build, you, you, uh, you arrange your schedule based on, you know, knowing, knowing your, when you have time, when you, when you don't, and maybe spend time in Canada when you need to, when you don't need the match play, you just need to like a little rest and recovery. And Exactly. So I, I try to, yeah, I think um, right now, like I said, it's more of next week will be a lot more matches. Um, this, the last three weeks has been more of a building block, um, doing the physical side of things, um, a lot more 
drill based things. So it's been fine. Um, my trainer's here. So I see him pretty much every day when I'm here um, and, and, and do more of that. Like I said, the physical side of things and then make sure I at least have one good hit per day. Um, whereas in Ponte, I'd probably be having two good hits per day and my physical stuff. So it's just, it just changes a little bit. Yeah, but it's nice to be back in Canada. It does uh, The summers in Canada doesn't get much better, uh, I would say. No, I'd say, I'm, like you said, I feel like I've been here, there and everywhere for the last few months and not stopped. So it's nice to come back home and actually, you know, see mom and dad and see a few friends and, and reset a little bit, even though I'm only here for five days. <laughs> it's, it's, it yeah, still yeah. feels like a reset just at least you know your own bed you're i've got my yeah. own clothes and shoes and <laughs> little things <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for sure for sure well uh so what's up uh later today what, what and before you head to uh to the uk you're just uh, you have your your matches and then uh, that's it uh, you're off uh preparing for uh, the commonwealth uh, games yeah yeah. yeah. So, um, like I said, spending a bit of time with mom and dad, I'm lucky they're both coming over for the comm game. So it okay. won't be too okay. long since until I see them again. Um, but yeah, just, um, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm actually not at home right now. Um, I saw a friend that I haven't well, seen right. in probably yeah. over, over a couple of years, um, which was, which has been really nice. So just trying to catch up on with a few people that I haven't seen for a few years. So it's, uh, it's just, yeah, spending some time getting outside and uh, having a little, a little mental reset while training. <laughs> well, uh, on behalf of uh, squa- all of us squash uh, fans and enthusiasts in, in Canada, all the best at the Commonwealth Games. Uh, uh, I think you've got a real shot uh, uh, at a medal. And, uh, you know, good luck with your preparations and really uh, – Good to see you and great to have you back on for the third time, Holly. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Well, many thanks to Holly for that. Episode 220 is in the books, and I just want to thank all the other members of the Canadian uh, Commonwealth Games team for joining the podcast recently. David Byerjean, Nick Sackvey, and Nicole Bunyan, along with Holly. All the best in the games. And Canada can be proud to have four tremendous athletes like yourselves representing uh representing the country and also representing squash canada as well so many thanks to all of them and all the best to the team in the games uh now we've got as i mentioned uh, on the last episode a fair number of uh other projects in the works including uh, Jethro Bins of Squash Skills we're hoping to have him on and I've got a few other big things in the hopper that I can't reveal at this moment but uh, stay tuned for those again uh, many thanks to all of you uh, for listening uh, drop me uh, a message a line on social media if you have any questions if you have any comments likes tweets retweets all that jazz just uh, yeah, reach out to me on social media also uh, I'm looking for sponsors for the podcast if you're interested uh, we did have active scout and uh, hopefully we'll have them back uh, very soon um, if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast you can also uh, reach out to me and we can uh, discuss uh, things as uh, regards that but uh, at any rate everybody many thanks to you uh, for listening take care all the best with your squash enjoy your summer and uh, we'll be talking to you very soon stay tuned from so- for some uh, great new episodes that are upcoming all the best and talk to you soon. Goodbye now.